Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, Sean Gaby here with the Supernatural Leadership Podcast, talking about the difference between principle-led leadership and presence-led leadership. We all have a leader within. Why not make that leader a little more supernatural? Enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome again to another Supernatural Leadership Podcast episode. My name is Sean Gaby. Thank you so much for stopping by, listening to the audio podcast, as well as the video podcast, which we just launched uh, relatively recently on YouTube. Thank you so much. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, um, share this with your friends. We want to know also how this podcast is helping your leadership become a lot more supernatural today we have a very interesting conversation about to happen with a very special guest and i'm gonna read his bio before i bring him on just to give you a little bit of a story you're gonna love sort of the story behind this individual and and how they've become a supernatural leader very very unique story and so we'll dive into i'm gonna read his bio and then we'll bring him on pastor zach and we're bringing on pastor zach gariba in a second, Pastor Zach is a former Muslim imam, and he had his own mosque in Ghana and in Nigeria, and he is one of the leaders among imams in Ghana and in Nigeria. His life was totally changed when he witnessed firsthand the healing power of the Lord Jesus when a 12-year-old girl who was paralyzed was miraculously healed in his arms. In a pursuit to find the truth, he found Jesus. In his book, Mosque to the Cross, he shares this journey of coming to saving faith in Christ Jesus. Pastor Zach and his wife, Karen, are founding pastors of four churches in Ontario, Canada, Jubilee Christian Center in Aurelia, Owen Sound, Alliston, and Barrie. He is an itinerant minister who travels to the nations of the world, an entrepreneur, author, and business consultant. And so, Zach Gariba, I want to welcome you to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. How are you doing? Thank you very much, Sean. Appreciate that. So good to have you and just, man, your story, your your bio, your low, even in those few sentences just are so intriguing. And a lot of people are interested to hear, okay, how did this imam, this Muslim imam who basically ran his own mosque in Ghana and Nigeria, how did he encounter Jesus? This is a Supernatural Leadership Podcast. So tell us your supernatural story before we dive into this conversation. It began. It began when I was a little kid, as uh, at the at the age of two years old. That uh, somehow in Africa, your your parents they, they normally choose your firstborn to be to to run the family, and somehow I don't know why they chose me. I was I was the second born in my family. They chose me to become the imam of the family. So wow. I I learned to I so. At the, at the early age, I started going to the uh, Arabic school to learn how to uh, to, be, to 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 learn how to train to become a, an imam. So, so but what happened at the age of two years old? I got sick. I almost died. They did everything possible. My my parents spent a lot of money to do that, so I did, to find out, to make sure I'm, I'm I'm getting better, but I wasn't. So they sent me to voodoo. They sent me to witchcraft to help me so that I can get better. But I wasn't getting better. So somebody told my parents that I was going to die. So my parents didn't want, want to watch me die. So they decided to put me, pick me up and take me to the forest for me to die. And they wanted to leave me in the forest for me to go and die. Wow. Wow. So they took me out and they took me to the forest. 
and they left me in the forest. My mom couldn't handle it. So I was in the forest for three days and my mom came and picked me up again. So wow. when she came to pick me up, so three days with no food, nothing. So and wait a minute, just, just to give context, how old were you when you were in the forest for three days? For two two years, two years old. You were two, and so you have memory of this. Yes. That, and so what did you do for three days? I didn't know. I was just I was just there lying on the ground with the with, with the, oh with, the with the blanket rolling rolling the they rolled me in the blanket, you know. That's and I was so I was just like a I was just like I was so skeleton. I was almost dying, you know. Wow. And my parents had of uh, of a German uh, missionary, who who is a nurse in our village. My parents had of her, and my parents took me to her house for me to stay in her house. And all I could remember was at the age of two years old, this woman would lay her hands on my chest and pray for me in the name of Jesus. Wow. And I got better and better and better and better. But I was still pursuing being a more being, I was still pursuing them as to become an imam. So I went to the Arabic school, finished the school and all the stuff, and I was ordained to become an, uh, an imam. So just, just to give context for the listeners, just describe what an imam is and the role of an imam. Imam is a spiritual leader of the mosque. He is, he is a spiritual caretaker of the mosque. And not only as an imam, but because I was part of the imams in the city, we normally lead the and I normally lead the Eid Kabra and Eid Fitri when they have the Ramadan festival. I normally lead it for the whole for the whole town. I normally lead that wow. as well. Wow. So, but what has happened is that when I finish, uh, when I finished the school, I wanted to go. Uh, I wanted to go to where I was born. I was actually born in in Nigeria. I'm originally from from Ghana. My parents came from Ghana, but originally I was born in Nigeria. So, and my parents moved back to Ghana. So when I so when I when I grew up, I wanted to go back to where I was born in Nigeria. So I went to Nigeria, and that's when I joined a mosque in wow. Nigeria. Okay. But before then. I had I had these good Christian friends. These Christian friends they come to my house almost all the time. They knock at my door. They want to come and they, they, they come to preach to me. So I wanted to prove to them that the Quran is right, and they wanted to prove to me the Bible is right. So then we normally come. They normally come to my house. I have my Quran, and they have their Bible, and we debate each other. We debate wow. back and forth, and uh, and if I can, if if I when they when we debate back and forth. There was a time that I used to beat them up physically. I used to beat them up physically because I wanted them to. I wanted to deter them from coming back to my house. Wow! But they skipped coming. They said they wanted my soul. They wanted my soul, and I didn't know what soul was at that time. So anyway, so, so you would time, beat. So you would beat these Christian, Bible believing yes. leaders up yes. because you didn't want them to come back to your house to debate That's you right. anymore. Yeah, because I think if I beat them out, they will not come back. But when I beat them out, they come back. You know, <laughs> when I, and when wow. I when I wow. when I was young, I used to be a boxer. I used okay. to be a natural, I used to be a boxer. So I used to box them physically, beat them up. <laughs> and and they, and I think they won't come back. And you know what? And they'll still come back the next day. I've been so I was so frustrated with them. So anyway, so as they were doing this, 
So one day they just came to me and said, Zach, do you want to get rid of us? I said, yeah, of course, if I, if I have anything I can do to get rid of you. They said, well, there's a Muslim, there's a, there's a, there's a, a Christian, uh, there's a Christian meeting about an hour from, from where I live. If you, they don't have a car, if I don't mind driving them down, if I drop them there and you know what, uh, they, they will stop bothering me. Right. And so during that time, though, when they're inviting you to this Christian event, you were leading, you were a leading imam in yes. a mosque in Nigeria and in Ghana. Yes. You were you were like the one in charge during this whole time frame. Yes. Ghana. And I was still doing all that. So they were trying to win me to the Lord. And I didn't want, I didn't want to have anything to do with that. Right. So I wanted to get rid of them. The best way to get rid of them is to say that, you know what, the same, if I drop them at this place, and I drop that. I shouldn't bring them back. I should just drop them there. And <laughs> when I come back, and that should be it, they will never bother me anymore. Right. It was a, I don't think, I didn't know it was a setup, but it was a setup. Wow. So on that, but on that particular day, I had, a, I was babysitting my, my, uh, my landlady's daughter, who is paralyzed from her waist to her foot. She's 12 years old and she was paralyzed. So I was taking care of her. I normally do that when they, when they go somewhere. I normally, if I'm home, I just take care of her. So on that day, I was taking care of her. And my friend, those, those three guys came to say, you know what, you promised to take us to the, to the stadium because it's a, big, it's a big Christian meeting in the stadium. And to cut matter short, I couldn't leave the girl there by myself or by herself. So I decided to carry this girl with me so we can go to the stadium. Wow. So we would so I had she had the crutches on. I had to take her crutches and put it in the trunk of the car. And I put it in the car, and the three guys were in the car too. So that's where this whole started. I drove there for an hour, got to the place, and at the back of the stadium. There were so many cars parked there, and I find I found a little spot. I parked the car at the little spot. That my friends, those those three guys can get off. So they got off, and I forgot to ask them where. How can I get back to the highway? So <laughs> right. as I parked the car there, people thought in in Nigeria you don't have parking. They don't have parking lines. So people just park in front of me at, the, at my back. They just block me in. At the, they just block me at the back of the stadium. I could not move. It sounds like a God setup. I, I'm telling you. So I was stuck. <laughs> I was stuck at the back of the stadium. Wow. And it was so hot. But and and I didn't want my gas to run out. So I told the girl, "Can you just? We should just come out so I can go and lead her to a bench so she can sit down at this bench." So I was, I took her, I took her out of the, the car and she had her crutches on. So I was leading her to the bench. And then as I was leading her to the bench, you know what? I was trying to hide my face because everybody could recognize me. They could know, they knew who I was. So I was trying to hide my face so that people would wow. not see who I was. I was wow. covering my face, but you know what? I don't know what, maybe people recognize me, I didn't know, but I was trying to prevent people from recognizing me. So I was ask, asking her to hurry up. So as I was, as I was asking her to hurry up, then um, there was a speaker behind, behind the stadium and you could hear the speaker, you could hear the guy speaking uh, in, in the stadium, but the, the speaker was behind the stadium. You could hear the guy speaking and he was shouting, Jesus, Jesus, that's the only thing I could hear at the back of the stadium. Wow. So I was trying to prevent my, I was, I tried to close my ears. It will not work. So I was trying to prevent, I was trying to tell her to walk as fast as possible so I can get out, get out of the sight of the speaker. 
but she wasn't walking fast enough. And this guy, this guy said to Sergeant, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then since I was hurrying her up, she leaned on one of the crutches and it broke. Wow. And then she leaned on the second one and that one broke too. Now she sat on the dust ground. So wow. I carried her in my arms so I can carry her to the what? To the to the bench. And as I was cutting her, this guy started shouting, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I heard a big noise. Boop. And I said, what was that? She said, I don't know. But I wow. saw one of her left, her left leg started dangling. Wow. Her left, and she's never walked before. She's never, it's never moved before. Her left leg was dangling back and forth. And I'm thinking, whoa, what's going on? This is witchcraft. This is voodoo. Then this guy started shouting, Jesus, Jesus. Wow. Then her left, her right leg started shanky, shaking back and forth. And now, out of a sudden, she said, my legs are straight. I want to walk. I said, no, you can't. If you can walk, how can you be in my arms? So that's what happened. Wow. She, and then she beat me. I still have the scar on my arm. Wow. She beat me and she wouldn't let go till I let her go. So that's, you could see the, teeth, the, the, the bite mark on my arm. I mean, I had to slam her to the ground right in my naked eyes. I saw her walking. Wow. For the first time, I've never seen that before. I was Crazy. so shocked. I was shaking. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. All I heard about this girl, this all I know is that this girl, somebody was shouting the name of Jesus. Nobody laid hands on her. Nobody prayed for her. Just the name of Jesus alone wow. healed this girl. Wow. Now, before that, just so I know for context, like, did you have any, have you, had, had you ever heard that Jesus healed the sick? Absolutely nothing. So the friends that were bringing you, they never talked about like never talk healing. They just, no, they just wanted me to be saved. They just want me, they don't want me to go to hell. That's all they were just telling me. They want me to, they, they want to teach me how to read the Bible, how to understand the Bible, but nobody ever talked to me about healing at all. So this was my first encounter in life. Never seen, never heard that before. Never known that before. So this girl was healed in my arms and a thought came to my mind. A thought just came to my mind. And I don't know where that thought came from, but it just came to my mind. When I was two years old, I was sick and I was going to, uh, my parents took me to this, uh, this missionary nurse and she prayed for me and I got better. But getting, then I, there was only one, one of the things that wasn't gone and my stomach pain wasn't, was still painful. And I don't know what, what got into me that day. I just said, you know what, Jesus, I don't know, want to know anything about you. If you can, if you know what, this girl's problem was bigger than is bigger than mine. If you can heal her, then why then my, mine is my stomach is a small problem. Why won't you just heal me? And I just had a big grumbling in my stomach, and that was it. And I never had any stomach problem till now. Wow. Never ever had Amazing. any problem. Amazing. So that's that's why the, that's why the girl was healed. But that's not the problem. The problem is now I'm going back home. I'm taking the girl with no crutches on, with no doesn't walk with crutches. I'm taking her back home. So now, just just to, just to understand something. So this girl, she had crutches, but she was like completely paralyzed from her waist down, or she could kind of walk a little bit. Like what no, was she her? She couldn't walk at all. She has to use the crutches to walk. To to kind of drag her feet, or how how yes. did that work? Okay. Yes, she used the crutches okay. to drag her feet. Okay. Okay. Wow. And now, okay. and now she could actually walk without crutches. Wow. Amazing. Completely healed. Amazing. Okay. So now you're bringing her back home and now what happens? Now I'm driving an hour back home that an hour takes, it looks, it's an hour, but it takes a long, long time 
to me for me to get home. So I got home before her parents got home. And uh, when I got home, uh, and I was just minding my own business, and her parents came, and the girl, the little girl, just ran to her mom. Her mom has never seen her daughter walk before. She ran wow. to him. She ran to her mom, and her mom fell down and passed out because she's never <laughs> seen. She, wow. So we had to we had to pour cold water to resuscitate her. She passed out completely, passed out because it's never happened before. So she was just shocked, and she they couldn't understand how I could take somebody to the stadium, and how could the name of Jesus could just heal somebody, and I couldn't explain it either. I didn't know what happened. Nobody, nobody touched her. Nobody did anything to her, and I wasn't even a Christian, so I don't even believe. So I don't know how. That could have happened. I could not explain that how that could happen. So I couldn't explain to her mom and dad what happened. All I just knew is that, that she was in my arms and somebody was mentioning the name of Jesus and she got healed. That's all I could wow. do. Wow. And anyway, so that's that's that, that wasn't my problem. My problem is that night I have to go and lead I have to go and lead the prayer. At so the mosque. Went, at yeah, the mosque. At the mosque. Okay. So on that prayer, on that night, I went to lead the prayer, and as you know, they, they chant. On the speaker and the speaker is always outside the mosque so other people can hear it so and as i was leading the prayer i started speaking the language i said allow akbar allow my shadow allah illallah illallah shadow anna muhammad sallallahu this told me to say muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam somehow jesus christ of nazareth came out of my mouth so like you you weren't meaning to but out of your mouth all of a sudden jesus christ of nazareth came out, replaced when you would have said muhammad yes Wow, crazy. and that got me into that got me into big trouble. Wow, that got me into big trouble. Everybody's been hearing my voice for the last for the last three four years, and every single day, sometimes five five times a day, and now I message Jesus Christ of Nazareth in the mosque. So were you in shock? Like what? What were you thinking I, when that happened? I was shocked. I even didn't know how the word came out of my mouth. I, I wasn't <laughs> talking about Jesus Christ just because my friends, those guys, have been talking to me about Jesus. <laughs> I, I don't know how. I don't know how the word Jesus came out of my mouth. I don't know how. Wow. And and that was the beginning of my problem. So they wanted to kill me. So what happened? Like, tell us what happened. So you say this. All the heads turn, or like what happens, like in the mosque. Like what happens yeah. in that moment? They, they, it was shut down completely because it's just a shock. People were just shocked. I myself was shocked, and I was trying to, I was trying to change the conversation. It didn't work, so wow. they wanted to kill me. They kicked me out of the mosque, wow. and so I was, I was living in my car from from town to town so that they won't, they won't catch me to kill me. Wow, wow. So you were living, you were living. So, so you went from saying jesus christ of nazareth on the during the prayer they stop they basically come after you they kick you out of the mosque yes and then what like you're you're why are you living in your car right away like you you couldn't go back home like tell I us about go that back. if i go back home they'll kill me so who who would kill you are the muslim people okay so so like you you knew so this was happening they were coming after you like they were threatening you yes so you had to live in your car yes how I long i have to hide for a while so After, you you didn't think to yourself like apologize oh you made a mistake oh, you didn't I did, I did say Jesus that. Christ of Nazareth I did, I did all that that didn't wow. work okay it didn't work okay that did not work you know and that, at that point did you start believing that something was happening like did you start to think like okay maybe 
I think I'm weird. I think I'm just weird. I just said, this guy is, I'm just a weird, one of those weird guys. I'm, I'm just a weird guy, you know? I mean, wow. here I am. I just, took a, I just took a girl to the stadium and I hear Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I wasn't speaking about it. I was just hearing Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then suddenly I started speaking Jesus. I started calling Jesus' name. And I'm saying, this is so weird. This wow. is so weird. I've never done that before. Wow. And that was a big problem for me. And with the Muslim dominating Muslim area, you don't do that, especially in the mosque. Yeah, you do not sure. do that. It's a, it's a taboo. And what about your family? Like what? Like at this point, did did like your family hear about it? Like what, what was oh, happening yeah, that, there? They, that's why that was that's my next story. I was disowned by my family. They absolutely wow. disowned me. They disowned me. They say I have nothing to do with the family anymore. Actually, they did a funeral for me. They did a what, right? They did a what? A funeral. A funeral for you. They did a yes. funeral for you. Yes. Wow. Like I don't exist any longer. They bury something on the ground, not me, but they bury something to just, wow. that means I've been eradicated completely, not part of the family anymore. Is I that was, like a normal thing that, that, that they would, that, oh that, yeah, that would if happen? You, if you do that kind of crime, yes. So that, that's wow. a crime. If you wow. do that, they just, they just, they just do a funeral for you. I said, you don't exist at all. And, wow. And if they didn't do that, they would have come to come out. They would have come after my family as well. So wow. what has happened is that my I had an older brother who lives in, who came to school in Canada here. He went to Ottawa. He went to Carleton University. He was doing his masters and PhD. And says that you know what I want to sponsor you to come to school in Canada. Wow. That's how I end up to. That's why. Okay. I so, but to, but just just I want to go back to something because you were living in your car now. Yes. How long were you living in your car? And then in that time, were you like now, was Jesus like making himself known to you? Like what was happening in that, that transitional I, time? I didn't know what was happening. I, I wasn't I wasn't talking about Jesus anymore because I was just so scared. Right. I was so scared even to mention Jesus because uh, I didn't know what to do. I was just living in my car. I was just trying to survive. Wow. And I just, so I remember I calling my brother to tell him I was crying on the phone and telling him, look, I need to go somewhere because this place I'm not going to live. So I said, "Well, I can sponsor. I can, I can get, I can uh, get a school for you in in Ottawa, so you can come to Ottawa and go to school." So that's what he did for me. Wow. So I came to I came to Canada in Ottawa, and you know what? You see how bad it is when I came to Canada. I arrived at Mirabai Airport. I was in flip flop, in shorts in the winter, in January. Uh-oh, that's cold. Ottawa's cold I in never, January. I, I never knew how, but people told me it was so cold. I never thought it's that it's going to be that bad. You wow. know, I was I, I, I was in flip-flop, in shorts, in Mirabai Airport. That's that's how that's how wow. bad it was. Wow. There I am, I'm from Africa, that is so hot, and I come to Canada, that is so cold. Anyway, that's wow. not that's not the listen. So what has happened is that I miss home when I was going to school. And I, I finished school and when I finished school and uh, so it's still at this point, though, like you had no like no more encounters with Jesus. Like you had no, not, not thought about that whole not, experience not at that time. Not, not wow. at that time. OK, OK. Not at that time. I never have any encounter with Jesus any longer till okay. till one day, one day. I just said to myself, you know what, since I, you know, I, since I miss uh, since I miss home. I'm an African. I'm always used to. I'm usually always used to around people all the time. But when I came to Canada, even I couldn't. I don't know my neighbors. 
Wow. I became isolated. I became lonely. So I decided I wanted to kill myself. I said, wow. what's the point of living? So wow. I decided I wanted to kill myself. And that's what happened. I wanted to kill myself. So I planned it on, on one day at, at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to take the pills and kill myself. Wow. So I planned that way, way in advance. I got the pills and I, I found out how to put the pills together, what pills to take. And also I just... I just drink, take the pills and drink, and I just, and I'm gone. Wow. Nobody will wake me up. Anyway, wow. so somehow, at that time, at three o'clock in the morning, I woke up, wanted to take the pills, and I heard a door knock at my door. Bye, bye, bye. And I'm wow. saying, this is Canada. People normally call you before they come to your house. <laughs> I mean, who That's is knocking true. at my door at three o'clock yeah. in the morning? Wow. And I went to open the door and I was I, I was living in an apartment in Ottawa. In, a, in the apartment, I'm in the middle. So there are lights everywhere. You could see somebody was walking around. You could tell. On this particular day, when the person knocked at the door, I opened the door. I didn't see anybody. Wow. And I'm thinking, this is weird. This is so weird. And I said, well, I want to see it again. So I wanted to proceed with the plan again. And I went and I, as soon as I wanted to take the, the pills again, I had a second knock. Bye, bye, bye. Wow. And I went to open the door. Nobody was there. Not single Crazy. person. I looked around, went, went out and looked around. Nobody was there. And I came back to the bedroom and I came back to my house. So I I was stamping my foot on the ground. I wanted to I wanted to what I wanted to make sure uh, I catch the person. So by 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 hitting my foot my my foot on the floor to make sure that the person would think I'm walking to the bedroom, but I was actually standing there and waiting. Wow! And I had a Ted knock. Bye bye bye. Hey everyone, before we continue on with this interview, have you ever wondered what it would be like to go to a new level in recognizing the voice of God? Well, now you have your chance. The Supernatural Leadership School has just launched a brand new e-course, The Voice of God, Module 2, where we're gonna dive deeper into understanding the power of the voice of God in and through our leadership. The voice of God is one of the areas of our relationship with God that makes it so much fun. In this e-course, you're gonna receive a full comprehensive digital workbook, as well as over seven hours of teaching, six lessons, and over 17 videos, and full of opportunities to apply the lesson content with our activations at the end of each lesson. We will be exploring topics like the voice and the spirit of prophecy, the gift and the prophet, how to see in the spirit, the nine supernatural gifts of the spirit, training the five spiritual senses, learning our dream language part one, part two, and part three, as well including a practical dream interpretation guide at the end. I wanna encourage you to register today and begin a whole new supernatural leadership journey, taking your leadership to a whole new level in the marketplace and in the church. Hope you can join us on this journey. And I opened the door and I heard this voice for the first time in my life that changed everything about my life. If your mother and father forsake you, I'll be there for you. Wow. And I'm thinking, oh, and I hear when I, when I heard in Canada, when you start hearing voices, means you're crazy, you know? Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh my yeah. goodness, I'm crazy. Now I'm, I'm, I'm out of my mind now. You know what? I wanted to kill myself. Now I'm hearing voices now. I want to kill myself. And then he said, 
I said, and I heard it again, he said, if your mother and father forsake you, I'll be there for you. And I'm thinking, what is this? I know my mother and father are forsaking me. They've abandoned me. And I didn't know that was in the Bible. Wow. And I heard a second voice. I heard a second voice said, I did not say to the seed of Jacob for you to seek me in vain. And I'm saying, seed of Jacob, what's that? These are wow. the voices, these are natural voices, like I'm hearing your voice. Wow. This is exactly what I heard. And I was shaken by this. And I said, and I said, who are you? He said, I'm Jesus. Wow. I've, I want you to serve me from today onwards. So, wow. and I said, well, what should I do? He said, ask me to come into your life. And that's what I did. I did that in my bedroom. I said, Jesus, I'm Amazing. a sinner. Forgive me and come into my heart. And that's how my old, that's how my whole life started. Wow. My, my life was turned upside down from that day on. My life was turned upside down. Wow. And I didn't know what I didn't know what that means. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know who to talk to. And you know what? I didn't know who to talk to because as I came to Canada, I don't I don't go to the mosque anymore. I said, well, the mosque, the, the Muslim people deserted me. I don't want to have anything to do with the Muslims anymore. And I mentioned Jesus. And the Christians don't don't have they didn't help me either. So I don't know how I don't I don't want to have anything to do with Christianity either. So wow. I'm 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 just I became I wanted to become a pagan. But since I mentioned the name of since I heard Jesus said Jesus says that that's me. I wanted to let me let me, let me come into your life. Let me teach you. And that's the beginning of how God started teaching wow. me how so, to how to walk with Him. That's amazing. How I want to know like how much time between this encounter while you were in the mosque and you said the name of Jesus to the time where you heard the knock as you're about to commit suicide and everything changed. How much time was in about two, there? about two years, about so two years, two years. Wow. And yes. during that time you were thinking, I'm going to become a pagan yeah. and deserted. And you never thought once to, to call those Christian guys that you were boxing with. I, that you never thought I couldn't find them. You couldn't because find they, them, okay. Because they wanted to kill me, they also disappeared. They could kill them too. So they disappeared. Right. And, and I've never seen them since then. Wow. That would I've be an never, interesting conversation, eh? I've never yeah. met them. I've never seen them again since, you wow. know? And wow. I was just wondering, you know, I I seen, I'm just I'm just thinking, oh, maybe I should have been having a dream. I didn't have no dream, nothing about Jesus, nothing. And I wow. remember they only gave me when when my when those Christian guys came to them to the what? To my house, they gave me a little scripture union Bible. Mm. It has only Psalms in it. Psalms in it. Okay. From Psalm 1 to 150. That's all it has in it. And that's the only thing I have I brought from Nigeria to Canada here. Wow. So when I encountered him, and this is what I did, I started reading Psalm 1 to 150. Every morning I get up. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what to say. All I just take that little little book, a little book, little booklet, and I started reading them from one, from one to one fifty. And I'll read wow. them from the morning before I go, before I go out and do anything. I'll read from morning. Sometimes it takes me about an hour to read the whole of Psalms. And I'll wow. read them before I go to bed. I'll read them. And when I read them, then I start having dreams in wow. the night. I start having these dreams in the night about Jesus. Since I started reading that Psalms. Interesting. I, I started reading. I started seeing dreams. Now, did I, you did you as a, a former imam 
was there ever like a respect for your dream life? Like, like, was there any grid for like God, even the God that you believed in would speak through a dream? Was that ever a thought in your mind or a belief as you, when you were an imam? No, it has never, I've never, I've never had any encounter with God, anything like that before. And nothing dreams. I don't even want to ask an imam. I don't hear God speaking to me, you know? Right, right. Right. So now, you know, you're reading Psalms, you're having these dreams. I'm immediately, dreams I'm, I'm, immediately, are you like, this is Jesus? Yes. Uh, wow. Sometimes I have a dream that uh, that uh, I remember, I, I still have it on my one of my books that I've written, and one of my, uh, my, my diary that I wrote. I had this dream that uh, there, was a, there was a glass of water on the table, and I commanded the glass of water to get up in the name of Jesus, to go to the other table, and physically in the dream, because I used the name of Jesus, it got up on the in the what on the table and wow. went to the other table, and wow. that's what I've been that, that that's what that's what I've been having. The dreams I've been having is just so weird, and wow. I have no I don't know, I don't know who I should talk to. I don't know I have no I have no grid on this. I've no I've not I don't have anyone to else to talk to to talk to about this. You know what? It's just so weird, especially hearing God's voice and God speaking to me directly. I know I have no way of I have no way I don't know who I should talk to. Wow. I don't know. So one day I met somebody and I started talking to the person and the person was well, that you know what you are going to be a pastor you are going to be a minister you know what maybe you should go to Bible school and I said what's that? Wow. <laughs> so Bible school. So you know what I applied to fifty Bible schools fifty of them. Fifty. And they all like not 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 one five like five zero. Five zero. Wow. Because, because they told me if I apply for more Bible school, I can get in quicker than applying for one and I'll be turned down. And I had a good job. So I applied for 50 Bible school. Only one accepted me. It's in Perrier Bible College in what? In Three Hills. Wow. They accepted me. And then uh, three, uh, a month later on, I got a letter from them that no, they've, they've rejected me. And they send me my money back with interest. Why do they reject you? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. This is so. That's what I'm saying. I'm just. I'm just a different person. I'm just weird. Wow. I'm wow. just so. That's what I'm saying. My mark. My life is marked by weirdos. You know. My life is marked. <laughs> you know. My my life is marked by weird things. Weird things. Right. I, and I see do weird things that most people don't think I'm normal. You know. Right. It's just supernatural. So so don't what so. So what was the like? What was the step then into getting connected into, like a Christian community, like where so, you like? So so what has happened is that I started talking to, I started asking people, I started talking to people. Then I met a guy in in Ottawa called Barry Bushy. Oh, crazy! Okay, he was he was in the he was in the he was in the life center, the pastor there. So yeah. he told me to come to his church. I came to his church, know, and very... then John Arnott came to that church. To wow. come and speak, and I felt to go to what to go to Bible school, so that's why I went to Toronto Airport Bible School. Crazy! It's just Wild. crazy. It's just so weird. And you know, I remember my first time. You know, I mean, I would just be sitting down there, and I'll be seeing visions of people's lives that I've never seen that before. I mean, people, and when I tell them what when I tell them what I'm seeing, they get scared. They're so scared of me that they think I know everything about them. And I just know a little bit about them. So I myself, I get scared. 
I even don't know what to say and what not to say because people think I'm crazy. People, my friends, my friend doesn't want to be around because I see a lot about them and I reveal things about them. They don't even know what to say. Wow. But, that, but that's my journey. I've yeah. been in this journey like this and it still happens to today. You know? Yeah, it's, it's really, it's a supernatural leadership journey. That's what we're talking about, right? Like you, you really had a, a, a presence led journey the whole way through. And it, it like, this is, this is why we do this podcast, because I think so many people think that, you know, leadership and kingdom leadership is, is logical and just principle led, but it's really not, it's presence led. And yes, yes. Jesus operated within principle, but Ultimately, John 5, 19, it says that he only did what he saw his father doing. And so I think like this is like this is really the congruent sort of like vein in your entire story is that like and you said it over and over again, like weird things happen to me. Well, the supernatural is weird in the sense of like your mind can't comprehend. It doesn't make sense. Figure out why your mind can't figure out like what often doesn't doesn't make make sense. But yet it feels right. Doesn't make sense here, but it feels peaceful here. And that's like yeah. the journey, right? Like it's like a, you know, the word says that God wants to give us a peace that surpasses our, our understanding. understanding yeah. Right. And so and that's this is what's happening to you. It's what's leading you. So you then you got into, you know, community, which is awesome. I actually forgot that uh a lot of this happened in my hometown. Like I'm I'm, you know, born and raised in Ottawa, capital of Canada. I actually forgot that a lot of your journey was actually in my city. Yeah. That's wild. But something I want to know, though, is I think it's so interesting. And I don't hear a lot of conversations like this that we're having. I think a lot of people are going to really are really going to be intrigued by this conversation. But like you. So you have the you're an imam. You, you have this encounter. You see the healing. You know, obviously, you're you're alarmed by the whole thing. You get kicked out of the mosque. Your Your life is in danger in that two year period of time where you have this encounter and then you actually have like, you know, a salvation moment with Jesus where you give yes. everything to him in that two year period of time. Like, did you have any other threats, backlash, family nope. stuff, like anything happened? Like they just all ghosted you. You were like dead to them entirely. Yeah, my, my family doesn't, they don't communicate with me at all. I don't have anything to do with my wow. family at all. Wow. So that period of two years, nothing happens. Absolutely nothing happens. You know, this how God just works with me in the supernatural that it, you know, this is normal for me. This is normal. This is, you know what? You can walk with God, normal, supernatural, normal. It's just, this is normal to me. I'll give you a little story. Yeah. But about, um, about five years ago, I, I was just saying, Lord, I would like to see my mom again. Five years ago, I was saying, Lord, I want to see my mom again. And then um, that day we're supposed to go to Owen Sound to go to go to our church in Owen Sound. And then and then somebody sent me a text, sent me an email, say, Well, there's somebody coming to visit you from 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 Africa. Went to my old house, and the, the person is giving them my direction to my new house. So they're coming close, they're coming to my house. And when they came, because I, I've never seen my mom. I haven't seen my mom for the last 27 years. And my mom does not fly. Okay. My mom does not fly. The only time she could fly was when they drug her and she, she, she would drug her for her to be on the plane. Wow. And after the when she gets down, then she, then she can wake up again. But my mom has never flown before. 
But somehow she came to Aurelia to come and see me in Aurelia. So she knew somehow you were living in Aurelia. Yeah, my brother, my brother was in my brother was in Ottawa. Okay. So wow. he worked, he he I don't know how he found out my address. They found my address and they came to Crazy. visit me. They wow. came to visit me. And wow. just, I was shocked. Just asking God, Lord, wow. I would like to see my mom again. So your That's mom how, surprised you five years ago. Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt, my wife, my wife gonna testify, attest to this. It was so shocking to all of us. It was so shocking to all of us. That's what supernatural, supernatural. You know, it's so just, this must have felt like a this must have felt like a Joseph and his brothers moment almost. That's right. Like what did, what what was your reaction? Like I'm super curious as to your response. Like what did you what did you do? Well, because it's natural. Because I've been doing this is natural to me. This is normal to me. So when it happened, I just well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? Uh, the way God speaks to me is completely different from the way God speaks to a lot of people. My mind is. My when he speaks to me is so down to earth. It's just normal conversation like I have with you. Sometimes I talk to God so funny, and you know what? He responds back to me just like the way I'm talking to you. Yeah. You know, it's just so different for me because I walk with this. I walk with him normally. You know what? And you know what? I I you know I I'm not a normal person. I call myself I'm not a normal person because I do things differently. Right, right. You know, uh, God opens my eyes to see certain things that I even have no clue. Sometimes after when I when it happened with us, I said, Whoa, what was that all about? So yeah. like, that's how I work. That's how I dealt with Jesus. Yeah. That's how I work with Jesus all the time. Yeah. And and if you allow me to teach you, you know what? So even when I'm you know, I'm not the kind of person who just pray, you know. I just pray. I don't even pray. I just I just, Lord, let's let's can I just have let's just talk. So I yeah. talked with the Lord and you know what? I'm just, like I said, I'm not normal. You know, when yeah. I talk to God, you know, as a Christian, most people just talk to God and just speak in tongues. And when they are done, they walk away. The Lord and the Zion, that's not how I deal with that. It's two-way communication. Yeah. If I talk to you, when you talk to me, you have to wait for me to talk to you back. Yeah. You know what? And it's even so interesting. God will now tell you what he wants you to do for him. He wants you to do an assignment for him. When he talks to you, he reveals his heart. Do you know God can reveal his heart to you for you to do something for him, for what is in his heart? Mm. That's how intimate God can be with people. If you allow him to walk, if you allow him to walk with you. Yeah. I mean, he'll teach wow. you like, like he's like we teaching little children how to hear people's voice, how to hear, how to understand people. That's how God will teach you. One of the things he told me is that he said in John chapter 10, verse 27. He said, my sheep will hear my voice and I know them. Yeah. And I know them and they follow me. You know, you know what knowing means? When somebody knows you, they know intimate about you. You cannot hide anything from them. See what happens, eh? See what, what happens? Because he said, my, my sheep will hear my voice and I know them. I know the intimacy. So can you imagine before even I say the word, Jesus already knew what I'm going to say. Mm, yeah. So he won't let me say something that I don't want to say. Mm. That's why a lot of people struggle with this. A lot of prophetic people struggle with it. They interpretate the word of God wrongly and they get it wrong because, because, because God knows them. And when they allow God to flow through them, it's not, they won't miss it. They won't miss the interpretation of it. They'll just see it very accurately. And I've been doing things that is so weird, so weird that 
Even people on Sunday in my church, people were just crying. They didn't understand they, what they were crying. So I brought someone to say, why are you crying? I said, I, I don't know why I'm crying. Something hit me. I wow. don't know. And wow. by the way, as they were crying, they were seeing visions. They were seeing something. Wow. So well, I've never seen this, but this is so weird. What am I looking at? I'm looking at people around me and I'm seeing my grandfather. I'm seeing my dad. I'm seeing my dad who have already passed away. And I'm wow. seeing that they're in, a, they're, in a, they're in a place. And I'm thinking, so what are you, what's going on with you? So, well, you know what? I don't know why, I don't know why I'm seeing it. I'm just seeing it because I, I invited him to come. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow, yeah. yeah. And, I, and, I, and I, I know firsthand, like you're, you have a very strong prophetic gift on your life and and just hearing more of your story, I know I've heard like in the past brief, your story briefly, but just hearing more of the detail, the depth of your story, it's so interesting and just seeing how like God has led you along on this journey. And you you know, we've used the word weird. I think weird is is sort of like often interpreted as like a bad word, especially in Christianity, because it's like yeah. no one wants to be weird. But the reality of it is the supernatural if you're going to dive into the supernatural, if you're going to experience the supernatural in your family, in relationships, in your business, in life in general, there's going to be weird things that happen along that journey because it's supernatural. So it's super, it's natural, but it's supernatural. And as soon as you put some super on the natural, like things just get ramped up, things get amped up, things become very different than just normal, ordinary living. And so, but it's, it's, but the reality of it is like this, let's use this word weird. Like it's supposed to be normal and ordinary that we live extraordinary. Like it should be normal and a natural part of our everyday life as kingdom people that these things happen. And the more that they happen, the more we get not familiar in a negative way, but get used to, Hey, this is normal Christian life. This is normal leadership this is normal supernatural leadership and i think like looking at this whole story this whole conversation taking away like every leader out there listening whether you're in some sort of vocational ministry whether you're you know leading your home your family you're in you know in a brand new relationship you're in the marketplace you're in government you're in some sort of you know sphere of influence that you you are leading in like you can take something so powerful from this conversation that unless you let God in, unless you let God fully into your life, you're never going to fully experience the, the potential and the supernatural that he wants to invade your life with. I think that when you say yes and you say yes all the way, you have such amazing opportunity to change the world around you. Just like Zach, just like, you know, Pastor Zach, we're talking, you know, and and it's affected every area of your life. Like, you know, you now you're connected and you're in business, you're you're a pastor, you're family man, you know, you're you you ran for your city as a city councilor. Like your 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 hands are connected to multiple things because you know that like you don't just have one lane to operate in. God wants to use you in many different ways in a supernatural right. way to influence and transform culture so i i love this conversation really quick before we wrap up i would just love to know i think probably listeners are wondering okay so you know your parents spiritually in a sense bury you they they have a funeral for you but then 37 years later you know your mom visits you what's the conversation like like i'm super curious like we we had a funeral service for you and was there some sort of reconciliation did your mom 
you know, all of a sudden have an epiphany, like I need to go visit my son. Like, why did I do that? Like, what was it like? When mom, when my mom came to the house, before she, when she came to my house, I was trying to prevent my 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 wife and my son because I thought they were going to blow, they're going to blow her up, you know. So wow. and, and you know what? I, I rather prefer to blow me up rather than my family, you know. So wow. I was preventing them from from seeing her. And the Lord gave me wow. that peace. The Lord gave me that peace. Says that it's okay. It's just okay. So because he said it's okay, so I let my mom into the house with my brother and it's my and my my and my sister-in-law and their and their son came to the house. Anyway, but the conversation was how 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 did they end up by being coming to my house? It's just we are still shocked about this. How oh. God could put that together. Yeah. Only God could do that. Only God could do that. And my, my mom was so excited to see me again and we we prayed for her you know wow. uh wow. and it's just it's just amazing how god can put that together you know wow. that's why it's so so supernatural it's not it's not natural it's in the natural it's impossible it's impossible but god put it together wow. and that's how god works with me it just yeah. becomes it becomes normal in my life it yeah. becomes normal well, I think it's so intriguing, you know, like there's like this stigma out there, especially for somebody, you know, who's so steeped um, into, you know, the the, you know, this this religion, this religion. Islam religion, you know, you were steeped in it at like a deep level to the point where you led them led to mosques. You were an imam like you weren't just a Muslim. You were an no. imam. And and then and then you know there's a stigma that like when somebody leaves that religion especially you know it's like how they have an encounter with Jesus which i hear a lot of stories i know i have friends that were former muslims and you know now kingdom all the way and Jesus visited them in a dream and they were ex excommunicated from their family they lose everything they live in their car you you we have a, a similar friend in Vancouver that had the same encounter he was a former sunni muslim and Fazl Malik and i remember his story yeah. Like living living in a car and like losing everything when he had his encounter with Jesus and God spoke to him. And I just hear these stories and there's like this stigma where like they, you know, Muslims, they, they lose everything for yeah. a season, but it's, but, but I always wonder, okay, like, so what's the aftermath? Like, is there, is there ever reconciliation is, does the family ever like 40 years later come back and say, Hey, I don't know. We shouldn't have done that. Like, or is it just so hardcore that, hey, we've just forgotten about you forever? So you hear that your mom came. Yeah. That's just so cool. I think that's such, a, such an interesting part of your story. And when my mom came, my mom told us a story about my natural dad, who's passed away too. My natural dad, that before my natural dad passed away, he went to everybody in the village and asked, and asked for forgiveness. Wow. With Muslims, don't do that. Did wow. do not do that at all. Went to everybody in the village and asked for forgiveness. The last person he asked for forgiveness, that's when he passed out and he died. Wow. It's just so I believe, you know what? My dad encountered Jesus somehow. My dad encountered Jesus. And you know what? And when you encounter Jesus in this in that supernatural way, it affects your family. Doesn't it not only affects you personally, it affects it goes beyond you because God, the Bible says, as for me and my house. We shall serve the Lord, and God. When God is God is God, God in us is hope of glory. You know what? 
when you when you encounter that supernatural, it spread beyond yourself. Wow. It goes beyond yourself, and God takes care of all those little little details that you that we we have been fretting about, we have been so nervous about. You know what? God takes care of all that. I don't know how what happened to my dad. Wow. My dad, the way I know my dad before, it's impossible for him to even tell somebody that he's sorry. It doesn't work that way. Wow. It does not work that way. But for my mom to say that my dad went to everybody in the village to say he's sorry. And when he, the last person he said he's sorry to, he passed out, he died. Wow, wow. that's just that's just amazing. He that's might have amazing. encountered Jesus on that day. He yeah. might have encountered Jesus. Because you know what? There's no way you are going to encounter Jesus and not and not and not see that you're a sinner. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that's powerful. I, you know, we're like way over time, but this conversation is so interesting to me. I gotta ask you one last question. It's burning in me. I know this is we're way over time, but it's probably one of the longest episodes we've done. But like I said, it's just such an intriguing conversation. I'm super curious to know your conversation with potentially other imams out there. Like, have people in the Muslim community heard heard about your story? And it, like, have like, what's the conversations like? That you have uh, with other imams or other like Muslims now, like what what's uh, the conversation like? You know, I I met I met uh, some Muslim guys in in Ottawa before coming to Toronto area here, and um, I remember meeting this guy that uh, when he was in, he came to he came he was in he was in Toronto. I met him somewhere in Toronto when I met him, and uh, it's one of those it's one of those things that uh, when I met him and the Lord showed me. A vision of him, and I told him what the vision was, and he started crying. He didn't know why. You know what? God, God revealed my his life to him, and I haven't seen him for years. But God revealed something so pivotal for his life, and his life was changed from that day on. So wow. I've been trying to him to get to know Jesus, but you know what? It takes unless people, unless I'm good. Unless supernatural God encounter, unless people have an encounter with yeah. Jesus, only God can. You know what? Only God can lead people to the Lord. Even though we try to lead people, we try to coerce them to know Jesus, but only the true encounter with Jesus yeah, will make people not to change. Will make people to change forever. Actually, yeah. it's because I encountered Jesus that made me to change, and there's nothing that can make me stop serving Jesus because I've encountered Him forever. So a man is not just a natural, it's not just normal, you know, let's, we like to give your life to Jesus, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I'm just saying that people don't normally have this deep encounter unless they have encounter with Jesus wow. himself, unless he himself shows himself to him. You know what? And since I met Jesus, he talks to me like the way I talk to you. And he still does that till today. He still Amazing. is so exciting. Is much so excited. Is is he he revealed things that is absolutely abnormal, and you know what? And he does this every single day. Every single day is not normal for me. It's wow. not just wake up in the morning, put on your clothes, and then no. It's just God, God supernatural talk to you. Sometimes He wakes me up. Says Zach, I want to talk to you. Say Lord, I'm busy. I'm sleeping. Say no, Zach. I want to talk to you. I need, I want you to do something for me. Say, Lord, I'm busy. I'm sleeping. Say, well, Zach, when you finish talking, when I finish talking to you, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what to do. That's how conversation, that's how our conversation is. Yeah. He's so down that's to awesome. earth and he's not, you know what? He's relational. He, yeah. 
He's relational. Very relational. Yeah, very, absolutely. Very, very relational. Yeah. You know what? And you know what? He tells you what is in his heart. Yeah. Not only do you tell him what is in your heart, you know what? And you know what? My first time of encountering where my first time when I started praying, I said, Lord, can you tell me? Can you talk to me? Can you talk to me? He says, Zach, how can I talk to you when you don't shut up? Yeah. Right. You shut up, shut yeah. up. Let me talk to you. Zach, there's only there's only one way communication. You've been yeah. praying in tongues and be, and be asking me for that and that and yeah. that and that. How are you going to know what is yes, no, or no, yes, no, or wait? When yeah. you don't even let me do you don't even let me buzz in, you yeah. know? You know, just, buzz in, yeah, yeah. Yeah, shut up, shut up, Zach. Let me talk to you back. So yeah. and I shut up and then he talks to me back. He says, See, now we're having a conversation. Yeah. Like now I'm talking to you, you're talking to me back. That's the same thing with God. That would be a good that would be a good uh, episode title. Shut up, let me talk back. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and he does it a lot yeah. of time for me. He says, Zach, enough. Let me talk now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, that's awesome. Wow, that's so powerful. I want to encourage every listener out there uh just to to really lean into this conversation. I one of the things that stands out to me, and I want to give them a little bit of an activation um practically. I want to encourage everybody. For the next little while, let's just say, you know, 30 days to really every day, take a minute, take a minute of your day and just and say this, say, say, God, I'm inviting the weird today. I know that sounds weird, <laughs> but we want to invite the supernatural. And if it's weird, if it's off or if it's if it's seems out of the box a little bit or off of the ordinary everyday life, like. That's that's I believe that's what God wants for us. He wants to shake up the ordinary and make it extraordinary. And so I want to encourage every listener out there to invite a little bit of the supernatural in a whole new way into their day. And if it's weird, accept it, welcome it, lean into it and watch the miracles and the things that flow from it. You will be absolutely amazed. I'm talking about in your business and your family and relationships in every area of yeah. your life and so I want to also just before we we go here, um, just give a, a quick promo uh, promo to your new book, from the mosque to the cross. And I want to encourage everybody to get a hold of this book. They can get it on Amazon. We're going to put the link in the description. And this book really is a is a story of of amazing salvation of what happened to Pastor Zach and his journey. And I'm sure you share a lot more of the journey than we even discussed on this episode. But I want to encourage everybody to get the hold of, get a hold of that book, get inspired, share it with your friends from the Moss to the Cross. Like I said, it will all be in the link below, and uh, you can purchase it there. Thank you so much, Pastor Zach. I really loved, absolutely loved this conversation appreciate your time and for all those listeners out there remember you all have a leader within so why not make that leader a lot more supernatural thank you so much for tuning in and thank you pastor zach once again and we will see you next time if this podcast has been an investment into your life and or impacted you in any way we are incredibly thankful we would love for you to join us in being able to continue bringing leadership content like this every month. Of course, it does not come without a cost, and our heart is to continue bringing you more improved quality and content. If you would like to partner with us with a one-time financial gift or to sign up as a monthly partner, you can do so at kingdomculture.ca. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast.